Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. After the tone, This time on After the Tone, self-care, Harry Styles, a case of laryngitis, and growing up in a cult. Hello friends, it's me, a poor them's Sam Smith, and welcome back to the OG POD uh, that's been giving you, the general public, the right to respond for far too long, if you ask me. Uh, we are on the brink of this season. Next week is our end of season finale. So if you wanted to join in, now really is your last chance, okay, and how to do that is coming up a bit shortly. But first, well, there was a bit of pushback on last week's opening call about the chocolate balls. Oh my god, I'm heaving just thinking about it. People across the world were put off their breakfast Thursday morning last. Um, speaking of which, producer Tim was on the gram and told us how much he loved that well-known ethical chocolate bar, um, but hates the mismatched sizes of each piece. Well, Colin not Colin messaged to say, well, why don't you just melt them down to the sizes that you like then? In a very passive-aggressive tone, if you ask me. I'll tell you why Colin. A lot of fucking effort. Do you know what I mean? They could just make them square. I'm on the side of producer Tim here. Remember, we do love hearing what you think or what you thought. Find us on the internet because we do like a natter. Um, How am I? Oh, thanks for asking. Well, I've just had a lovely holiday around that there Scotland looking at locks and bends. I'm practically fluent in the local tongue. I should be so fucking lucky. Listen, where are you going on your jollies, please? Um, I tell you what, lovely people up that way. Absolutely lovely people. Fucking terrible food. Absolutely disgraceful, vile, very boring, very plain food. The Scottish are really deprived when it comes to culinary choices. Listen, I know this is going to incite a violence. I know some of you are going to be calling up and you're going to be outraged. Maybe I'm doing that for a reason, okay? <laughs> well, light up the phone lines with your outrage. Right, without further ado, let's throw ourselves into the pits of other people's misfortunes. Hi, Scotty and uh, everyone at the pub. I wish you were at the pub. I wish I was at the pub with you all. Sounds bloody delightful. I'm changing my mind about Harry Styles. I know. I just... 
I think maybe I've got it wrong. <laughs> I heard him described as a Leonardo DiCaprio in a dress. And now I can't get away from it because he just keeps dating the same kind of women with like tiny little waists and flat tummies. And I've had enough of it, quite frankly. If you're going to prance about, you need to make things a bit more different, mate. <laughs> okay, that's all. That's my revelation for the week. By the way, I forgot to say it's Stevie from Colchester with uh, laryngitis. Woohoo! I love you. Bye. <laughs> ah, good evening, laryngitis. That's your drag name this week. <laughs> I really love this idea that perhaps we can go off people, we can turn on people if they're not dating like fat weirdos. I really love this idea that like to be legitimately queer, I'm afraid you are going to have to date some uglier people. You are going to have to date some outsiders. Okay, maybe that's we need to get the Harry Stylish into the pub. We could play matchmaker. Do you know what I mean? Do you know what? In certain lights I'd give it a go, but in most of them I wouldn't. And I'm okay with saying that. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Cause you know, she's a bit guess who. That one. Let me unpack that. I don't know if anybody else feels this, but some of the people on Guess Who, the well-known board game, are actually quite attractive, okay? Some of them, not so much. (laughs) It's not that I'm saying anyone's ugly. I'm just saying not so much. I was thinking this the other day. Tangent. Welcome. I was thinking that queer people have got their upper hand where it comes to playing the game Guess Who? Because we go past the, is it a man, is it a woman shit? And we go straight to, does she listen to Enya? (laughs) Does she know who Effa, I can't even say it. Does she know who Tattoo are? (laughs) Would she represent Sweden in Eurovision? know what I mean? Anyway, by the by, I don't think Harry Stylish would. Do you know what? I'm going to sit with this idea of would I give Harry Stylish a go? I don't think I would, you know, because let's just break it down. I don't like the drag girl. I don't like it, okay? And that doesn't come from like a gender perspective. It comes purely from an aesthetic one. I just think, no, girl, no. Harry Styles, hot take coming up. Harry Styles looks like the gay best friend that's been on a hen do and got given, like, the dealy boppers and the boa and nothing else. Like, oh, we didn't get you a dress. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Looks like the gay best friend who's been allowed to go to the hen do of the straight, normal people from Essex. <laughs> so I'm grateful for the tangent, laryngitis. Ah, do you know what? If I had to give her out of 10, the um, Harry Stylish, uh, do you know what? I would say six, at least, because, you know, she's got a lovely voice. She seems like a nice person. Heart seems to be in the right place, although she's making money out of it, which I guess is allowed. Oh, God, we're back here again, aren't we? Hi, Scotty, Debbie and everyone in the pub. Sorry, this is a bit of an off-the-cuff one. It's Alina here calling from Liverpool. I'm currently cat-sitting for a friend, and clearly that's released some sort of, like, pure love and endorphin because I just wanted to like talk about self-care because I'd seen that thing on the socials and I just wanted to say like just so aware of being a human is hard work we can all afford to give ourselves a bit more grace like I keep finding this word grace and graciousness within myself and like I'm not someone who was raised religiously so I don't have a particular relationship with that word but I think 
for all the hard work we do and being human, we can find softness and grace in realising that being a human within our community who is willing and open enough to be good is hard work and that's a good thing. I'm not someone who thinks that you should be grateful for difficult times, but I do think we deserve to be like, that's fucking hard to be a human who looks after themselves. So we get to be gracious to ourselves about that. Self-care, community care is hard work worth doing. I'm grateful to past me that now I can see it as work worth doing rather than work I resent myself for. Any snoodles, I just want you all to know that I love you and I appreciate this space. And I love being amongst fellow queer weirdos, frankly. All right, try, take care. Bye now. Alina in Liverpool, thank you so much for walking into the room. Honestly, when you first started talking, I thought, you sounded very much like somebody from my past who sort of disappeared under very difficult, shall we say, circumstances, their own doing. And so I just instantly went into, (laughs) is it you? No, but we're safe to say, Alina, it's lovely you in Liverpool. Thank you so much. Now, yes, the cats can bring this out in you, can't they? I mean, my two, well, they bring out lots of different sides of me. And some of the smells that come out of them, I'll tell you what, they don't bring out nice sides of me all the time. But um, they're scratching at the door as we speak. So if you can hear them, don't worry. I mean, they're well looked after. They're well-fed and everything. They're just fucking attention seekers. I don't know where they get it from. Now, of course, you're thinking about the word grace because, as we know, there are the free graces in Liverpool land, aren't they? And if you don't know what that is, people who are living outside of Liverpool, people who are living elsewhere, look it up on the internet for the last time. So maybe that's why grace is ever present as a word. Who knew? Yes, I fully agree that self-care is a gift for the future, isn't it? And we reap the... Here we go, I'll have a run up at this one. And we reap the rewards, thank you, of doing such. But I think what that call from the other week was talking about was actually, it's a pain in the ass in the present, <laughs> isn't it? It feels like labour, it feels like effort. And actually, we never feel truly the reward in a sort of self-gratifying way. No one comes along and says, um, here you go. You know that thing you did like three months ago that you haven't seen? It's like been pushing you forward for the last three months. Well, here's that little gift. It's not uh, advent calendars? What is that? <laughs> it's not like an advent calendar? I don't know if that's a tangent. I guess what my brain is sort of telling me is like, there's not something you can like pick up and lift up and be like, oh, well done me in the past. It's just this sort of ever constant present thing I guess that hopefully gives you the tools available so that you can deal with the bullshit that life throws at you but yes it does feel like a real pain in the ass in the moment and I think that's what I got from the the call the other week and something I guess I feel real resentment about self-care because some people don't have to put that labour in and I and I fucking resent them. <laughs> Just think, what do you mean you can wake up happy? What do you mean you don't have to spend like 35 minutes like doing a bit of yoga and some exercise and like grounding yourself and reminding yourself that you have to eat and have a shower because your brain doesn't work in that way so you actually have to tick it off a list? What do you mean you just do that as a normal human being? Fuck you. <laughs> So, Alina, I'm fully with you. I just think what I'm trying to acknowledge is, like, the effort, the impetus to do it in the present for the future can feel very unjust. Hi, Scotty. What a podcast it's just been talking about mums and Mother's Day and religion, Irishness, Catholicness. 
for the the mother's day thing being hard i can relate to that i haven't had contact with my mum since i was 16 and the day actually just creeps up on me and I usually feel a bit rubbish in the day and I don't really know why and then I remember it's Mother's Day but I've started going round to my best friend's mum's and giving her a card which is quite nice you know instead of you being miserable by yourself all day you get to go see somebody and have a cup of tea or a glass of wine or something um, and feel a little bit part of the family or whatever sometimes it's a bit of a complicated feeling and it makes me feel worse or I, I come home I still feel quite sad other times it's just quite nice and I feel a little bit part of the family so I don't think it's ever going to be easy but I quite like trying that out even if I do get complicated feelings around it and also about the caller with the positive experience of religion so I basically grew up in a cult and so I really don't have a positive experience of religion and that's that's why like I don't talk to any of my family and I had to become homeless when I was 16 because I got kicked out of the religion and so I've always had a really negative view of religion I've been strong for religious freedom I think people should be able to have the choice but I was always a bit oh you know I don't want to go into a church it makes me uncomfortable whatever whatever and now I've accidentally fallen in love with a catholic and yeah I think it's God if he exists playing a joke on me or just a very weird irony of the world. <laughs> Hello, friend. Well, that's the Catholics for you. <laughs> they get you when you're least expecting it. Sneaking up on you with your nice perfumes and the wee bit of unleavened bread. Come over here, have a little bit of wine. It's actually brandy, but don't tell anybody we're giving children the alcohol. <laughs> Maybe it's fortified when it's sherry, I think. Anyway, that's getting us on the tangent. Thank you so much for walking the room. I don't know. I think you might be new around here. Who knows? God, there's been thousands of you that walked in the room. How am I supposed to remember everybody's fucking voice? Now, let's discuss why you called mums, mums day, etc. Yes, it's a tricky one, isn't it? Again, I've said this, I think, at some point this season. The gays have the answer, or part of it. I mean, they don't have all of it, because they're quite annoying, actually. But definitely in queer world. When I was having some time out from my family, let's say, I found people who basically were really up for and willing to take sort of parental roles for me, to look after me, to encourage me. Particularly in drag world, we have a, a real sense of like a family and you'll often see that drag troops will refer to each other as a family. And within that, there are all of those familial dynamics, but there is usually... A house mother um, and that mother is the one that teaches you how to put on your lashes and where to get your glue from and these like really sort of informative moments and these mothers die and somebody else takes over this sort of matriarchal role within this sort of drag community and for you to find what is it? It's like care. It's um, somebody who's looking out for you, someone who's got your back. Be that called mother or um, stepmom or 
you know, like whatever language that we call that person and whatever gender that person is, for them to be in that sort of role for us, for you to acknowledge that and for you to place that feeling elsewhere, I think is fucking magic. I think like queer people for a really long time and have like set up their own familial systems. And, you know, I mean, even this podcast, you know, me and Debbie always refer to each other as family. And that's like, not only just like a queer thing, I think that's also like a common thing as well. It's um, a way that you understand you have each other's backs. Like being a kid, I remember like most of the kids that I got on well with on my estate, they were like your cousin. And they weren't your cousin, cousin, but they were like your cousin. There's something about family in our heads and culturally, I think in the UK can often just feel like genetic or biological, you know, and actually we understand now, or we should understand now, that families mean far more than that. They are far more complicated, far more interesting than that, not only to, you know, acknowledge parents who are carers, or foster carers, or adoptees who become people's families, um, not only to acknowledge the different ways in which people have their family, but also the sorts of families that people have. I know that I very much lean into my family family but also I have like my queer family I have my fat family and building these different sort of familial relationships feels really rich for me um, and makes me feel really nourished and I really appreciate it and the fact that I I have people that I can turn to for advice for support um, for acknowledgement I think is is really useful so for you to find that where you need it 10 points. Yes, well done. Growing up in a cult. My God. Well, you can imagine the questions that I've got, but you know, I think you've only just walked in here. So take your shoes off a while. And if you fancy wanting to talk about that, I can imagine that, you know, I often talk about growing up in the Catholic Church and the church that I did being cult-like. And I often refer to this place as a cult. And I guess what I mean by that is not to be frivolous, because, you know, I have had friends, when I was like in my early 20s, I had friends that left a cult in a sort of similar situation that you explain. Uh, So I don't use that flippantly, you know, I use it sort of in a a sort of knowingly tongue-in-cheek, I know that we all find this place very dear, and more in a way that I want it to be ours, you know, like I'm, I'm doing this gesture with my hand, like um like a cuddle like it's our thing do you know what I mean I think cults become very problematic when somebody is at the helm of them who becomes a sort of dictator and there becomes abuses of power etc I'm not saying that happened within yours um but to find that strength to leave that community whenever I've watched you know those documentaries on channel four about that sort of thing I'm always so compelled by the strength that the individual has to be able to go this isn't right for me and to know the consequences as well if you have grown up in other situations like this dear listener I would love for this to become a bit of a thing because as I say you know I talk about the Catholic Church being you know this cult that I was a part of and it very much did feel like that you know like when I left the church I left a community it was known but you know, I still retained my family. It wasn't that massive a deal in that way. Well, this has got me really going because I'm just thinking about 
the idea of like the responsibility that people have in roles of leadership, you know, and I think me, Debbie, Tim and Maya, we have a responsibility to uh, lead an ethical space and we take that very responsibly here. But I wonder if other people do as well, because I think people enjoy cult status, don't they? So I'm thinking about a very broad term of the word here, cult. Anyway, I'm rambling. Thank you so much. This has got me thinking. So the number to call is coming up very shortly. All of that information, if any of that feels like you want to join in on the call. Coming up, handling masculinity and confusing cis straight men. Uh, ATT Live is in London in a matter of days. There are a few tickets left. Come on down. Come on, let's have a ball. You can find the details on how to book linked on our socials and importantly, access Q&As are there too. Uh, Now, a little moment to say we, the ATT crew, are going to be taking a bit more of an extended break between season 10 and season 11. Why? Because we've just made about 140 episodes practically back to back. (laughs) So... So if you wanted to keep in touch on the gossip and get a weekly update from me in that time, whilst whilst ensuring that we can keep the lights on and make sure that we can come back and open those doors again, get yourself over to Patreon, patreon.com forward slash after the tone. This week's Patreon call is from the gorgeous, and I don't use that lightly, the wonderful providanza who's musing on queer utopias and separatism we need your calls without them there is no show okay i can't reiterate that any further without you there is no show so send us your filth other people's gossip life lessons conversations with your nearest and dearest uh, moments of tenderness uh, sounds of places you've been it's all allowed okay um open up the whatsapp send me a voice note to this number zero seven double eight two hundred three four two zero do you know what? Is that my catchphrase? Open up the WhatsApp and send me a voice note to this number. Because I tell you what, if it is, how fucking embarrassing is that? <laughs> I say it in every episode. Right, who's next? Hello, Scotty and Debbie and the ATT crew. Jake here. I just started episode one of season three. So I'm catching up slowly on the last episode I was listening to. The lovely Toby had just called, talking about masculinity, absence of fathers, and just the complex relationship that us gay, queer human beings can sometimes have with masculinity especially when masculine parental roles have been absent it was a bit triggering for me because i grew up in a white family mixed race um, and nothing was ever discussed or handled properly found out my stepfather was not my real father when i was about six or seven with my mum shouting it at me because she was an angry individual so that was fun i'm kind of glad that he wasn't my father anyway because he was an absolute arsehole and then my biological father didn't want to know me even though he lived around the corner but anyway that all translated into me growing up and looking for love in all the wrong places that old cliche and it took me to my mid-30s to settle down and i'm nearly 50 and i'm still coming to grips with what unconditional quiet peaceful accepting love really is and sometimes i find my behaviors push against that not deliberately um but it's the conditioning of many many years of thinking you're a piece of shit into 
knowing that I am worthy of this love, this relationship, this peace. As you would say, Scotty, this softness. I like that term, softness. It does get better, but it never leaves us, that trauma. We find ways of coping and dealing with it. My way of coping with it and dealing with it has been open and honest with it and talking about it, which is something I didn't do years ago, which is why I'm sharing now. Anyway, this has been a very long voice note. So goodbye and thank you. I'm so glad that you've joined the party because what beautiful honesty, beautiful nuggets of truth that you keep on throwing us from the past. (laughs) And I can't wait. And I really hope that you stick with this until you get to yourself. God, that's so beautiful about this project. You know, like people are at all different timelines and these conversations pick up and they drop. And oh God, I just really hope, Jake, that we are able to get you into the present day at some point. Anyway... I was thinking now, because of the way that many queer people have and still do grow up, even if we had all of the tools available to us, even if we had openness and unconditional love, even if we had everything we needed, and those be many and varied, but everything we needed, I think, can be my catch-all for right now. But we still lived in a society where we instinctively knew we weren't right, so we had to hold it to ourselves. This is something that many queer people will talk about. And and this isn't all. There are very few moments where I've met people who never held this feeling. But you grow up in a society and in a household and in a community that shows you love, feelings, And when you actually can't put words to these things, are between man and woman, boy and girl. And when you sense something different within yourself, there is something so human and protective within you that says, never share. This is a secret, mustn't tell. Before you've even formulated language or ideas around relationships and kissing and very juvenile playing shop, you know, even in those moments, there's something that tells you not the same. Don't tell. There's a fear and a panic. And even if that was the only thing that we had, I still believe, Jake, that we would still be holding these very complicated, difficult relationships with relationships with ourself with love with our worth because we are taught from so young that we are put in this state of panic this state of alien we feel abstract from the world and that leaves its mark that watermarks us for a long time and some people are able to relinquish that feeling some people get over that feeling through the intervention of therapy and meds and talking on relationships and transformative relationships and some of us hold on to that for the rest of our lives and it's again this really reminds me of like what Alina was talking about earlier on in the show We do the work now, but we often don't reap the rewards of that until the future. And, you know, I often will get along with people who can have these sorts of conversations with me because I think you've done some of the work. 
<laughs> yeah, because for us to be able to talk like this now means that last week, last month, two years ago, five years ago, we set about a journey to be like, I'm going to break the chain. I'm going to relinquish myself from this stuff. And it doesn't happen overnight and it isn't transformative. And I think that's why for things like love is love, pride is pride, you know, let's go on a parade, let's go on a float, often feels futile to me. It often feels like it has no value to its community or the individuals within that community for that transformation. It feels like when I'm watching Come Die With Me, which I do quite a lot... (laughs) And people in their house have got those cutouts, which they've got on the shelf behind them, which is home. And it's like, it's literally just a word that you've bought and you've put on a shelf. It means nothing. There is no symbolism to love is love. It means fuck all. And so, yeah, effort, labour of like queer people to try and find ourselves and give ourselves love is really fucking complex. And it's not going to be solved with some piffy statement, is it? Jake, as ever, beautiful to have you. Hola, 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 después del tono. Hi, everyone, after the tone. Como están? It's the lovely teacher here, as Scotty is now referring me to. Years ago, I was still in college. I was out with my friends. I mainly had a lot of close women friends. And uh, we were all out having a good night. My dress sense has always been questionable. I wore big mosher jeans, if you remember those, you know, the criminal damage ones, and a really nice hippie top. So yeah, questionable. And in these days I had long hair. And here comes this cishet drunken man being like, oh, you look so lovely. Oh, you're eight fit lasses and all that rigmarole. And we stopped. I was the first one to turn around (laughs) And he realised, oh, fucking hell, I'm so sorry, mate, but from behind, you just look like a lass. you got a great arse. <laughs> hey, I confuse someone with my arse. I've got a great arse. Who can, who can deny that? I shake it on stage. Now he gets me money. <laughs> Take care, everyone. I hope you're well. Oh, teacher, the lovely teacher and your lovely ass. <laughs> that is going to be your full name from now on. We look forward to seeing you shake your ass. Maybe you should come down to an ATT live. We'll have you on. Yeah, come on, let's fucking do it. Um, what a lovely story. I love confusing the straights. It's great, isn't it? <laughs> really fuck with their minds. <laughs> Do you know what? I do find that, like, sometimes, because, you know, I don't know if anyone's noticed, I'm actually very charismatic and people do fall in love with me quite easily. Uh, (laughs) But I do find the occasional street bloke who you can see is very enamoured by me. Very enamoured by me. And, you know, back in the days where she used to wear a little heel and, you know, a little off-the-shoulder number. Well, it took the edge off of them, didn't it? So, yeah, great. Well done on confusing. Now, you said questionable fashion. I'll tell you what, the children nowadays, okay, they're calling it the Y2K. I know. Have I ever sounded more like a middle-aged person in my life? They call it the Y2K. The children are going around the streets looking more like they were around during the year 2000 than I was. 
It's so authentic. So what you were actually describing, teacher, I believe the children would think it was very bang on trend. Now, I know there are some young people that listen to this because, you know, we're a house for everybody. And so maybe they might be able to teach us a a thing or two about the Y2K. Maybe they might agree. Maybe they might say, no, actually, teacher, I think you were bang on trend. Maybe you were before your time. When you talk about those bag of jeans, I just, oh my God, do you remember those jeans that just sucked up all the rain? Oh, because you'd wear them literally within an inch of their life over the front of your popular trainer brand (laughs) and they'd suck up everything it was a very strange time it was a time where people were wearing flared jeans with a little skirt over the top of it do you remember that as a fashion very bizarre moments of pop history it was stylists who were like styling pop stars who were just having a bit of a laugh weren't they (laughs) just like just cut out this little bit here just everyone was wearing a belly top do you know what? If I saw you from behind the lovely teacher with the lovely bum, do you know what? I would say the same thing, I'm sure. So we look forward to seeing you shake your derriere at ATT Live in the very near future. And that's you like, actually, we thought we'd do a nice little short, sharp one this week because we've got next week, which is ATT Live. And as you know, it goes on. Do you know? So before we give you a bit of respite, lovely, some really lovely calls there and a lot of food for four, I think. So if you want to join in, listen, don't regret it out of shyness or fear or shame. Release yourself from the idea that it needs to be good or clever or entertaining. It's a laugh, okay? Don't overthink it. That number to voice note is in the description box. I think I'm going to go have a nice little lie down, maybe a cup of tea, play with the cats and uh, get my suit ironed for ATT Live. So I'll see you in a bit, babes. Find us on the internet at after the tone pod as ever it's been a pleasure what lovely calls what lovely calls this week have a good and see you soon After the Tone is produced by Debbie Kilbride, Vice Producer Tim Bano, Assistant Producer Maya Miller-Lewis. ATT is a Debbie production. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavour. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.